1: And
2: Welcome to Out of the Blue. You're tuned to 855 AM 3CR Community Radio. In the studio this morning is myself, Donna, Fum, and Matt. We're back for 2018. Welcome back, everyone.
1: Thanks, Donna. It's good to be back.
2: Um, this morning, we are interviewing um, Rye resident Michelle Cheers, an active community member of a number of environmental groups, and she's going to be talking to us about Mornington Peninsula Shire Council's plans to expand uh, the Rye boat and jet ski ramp. So we'll be back after this cart with Michelle Cheers. <laughs>
1: ECR presents
0: Communities of Sound, a summer afternoon showcasing treaty, creative women and diverse cultures. Live performances from Kutcher Edwards, Tundo, the West Papun Band, Sweet Dreams, Manisha Anjali, June Jones, and Danny C.
1: Catch us at the Fairfield amphitheatre Sunday 18th of February 5 to 7:30 pm. Communities of Sound is a free
0: event presented as part of the Fairfield and Feb series. The city of Yarra is a proud sponsor of
2: 3CR. And
0: we're
3: back. You're tuned to 855
2: AM 3CR and you're listening to Out of the Blue. And on the line this morning is Rye resident Michelle Cheers. Welcome to Out of the Blue, Michelle. Good morning. Mm-hmm. On this beautiful morning actually Oh it's, it is a beautiful morning I can't wait to get down <laughs> to the beach after no. <laughs> after radio today um, Thanks for joining us um, uh, And we've got you on today to talk a little bit about The Mornington Peninsula Shire Council's plans To expand the boat ramp and jet ski ramp in Rye Can you tell us a little bit about um, the plan And what's going on And what you know about that for our listeners Yes, um, is it, it's Donna, is it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Donna, sorry. Donna, um, if, for people who
3: don't know Rye, the, the boat, and we always call it the boat and jet ski ramp because jet skis are becoming the main user of the ramp at the moment too. But the ramp is is located in the centre of town. So it's it's very close to our Rye pier and our beautiful marine life that's under that pier. At the moment, there's three ramps, 126 Car park, trailer car park, um, a mooring jetty that goes sort of off to the west. The the shire plans on on redoing the whole the whole area so that it becomes four launching ramps, and they're going to add an additional mooring jetty, which again will move it all closer to to the pier. At the moment, it's probably about seventy metres. The current ramps probably about seventy metres from the from the pier, but we've been sort of protesting for quite some time but it seems that council's not prepared to listen so we actually went to VCAT during the week to try and fight this And, and while the decision is not down as yet what concerned us I think was some of the issues that came out of VCAT in terms of the case presented by
0: council and and what, what exactly Michelle, what are you uh protesting so what do you think the result would be of the of the council putting in up you know those those jetties and um and and building that out what's well what it it'll, it'll
3: mean it'll mean a wider dredging bowl uh and that dredging again will come close to the pier and as much as council might say dredging caused no environmental environmental impact I think those that actually understand and know the water know that it will that the that the silt um you know the constant sort of silt and the turb- turbidity in the water is going to affect some of the bivalves and some of the sponges and and marine life that are under the pier I mean what is under the pier is absolute marine wonderland and and I don't know you know how many of your listeners might have been down to rye to see it but it's but it's one of the most diverse dives that people would ever get i mean you you get octopuses crabs rays uh fish of different varieties seahorses because we have uh, huge numbers of seahorses varieties of seahorses That's so not just one
2: and there's quite a um it's like a Underwater snorkeling trail under that jetty, isn't it? I'm, yeah. I'm one of those people who hasn't actually been snorkeling or diving Ooh. under there myself, what? but I have heard. What? <laughs> it's shameful. <laughs> Get out of the studio. <laughs> 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 but it's it's like uh, marked and there's like little signs, isn't there under there? Yeah. Yes,
3: yes. And and it's 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 because it's so safe. It's a great place for kids to learn too. And, and or not just kids. I mean, anyone who's sort of learning to to snorkel or to dive. And at the same time, they just you know get rewarded so much with, with yeah. What I think they, you're right about that. See. I think
0: you're right about that, Michelle. I was working as a dive instructor on the Peninsula last year, and it is one of the most accessible and most used mm. dive spots in Victoria, right yes. here. Um, and even experienced divers keep coming back. There right. because there is just right. so much to see and mm. it would be really interesting to see um to ask the dive schools because there must have been at least you know just thousands of people who have done their mm. first ever open water dives yes. at Rye pier that's right that would have been right. you know the introduction mm. to to the marine environment for many divers and snorkelers for for the first time it's really quite a special spot isn't it yes
3: it's it's very special i mean it's it's I mean, nobody minds, you know, we understand that foreshore is crown land, it's public land and it needs to be shared. But I think that the emphasis on one group over the majority of other users and particularly the lack of care about the environment because council council is just disregarding it's as though it doesn't count. I mean they they say that their responsibility is to provide facilities for tourists and the boat and jet ski ramp is a major tourist attraction, ignoring the volume, as you say, of divers and snorkelers and swimmers. And Who may also and, be tourists.
0: Yeah, yeah I know and that. And they, are, I, tourists. Yeah, they are tourists. Yeah, whenever I go diving it. there, I'll, I'll make sure yeah. that I go for a coffee at some one exactly. of the cafes there and I'll have lunch with my buddies yes. afterwards. So, yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah. so... But the main, I think now, I mean, we don't know how the VCAT case will turn out, but I I think we didn't really want to wait to see because... I think they will start fairly soon if it goes their way. But I think whatever happens, we have to move to protect this beautiful, beautiful
0: site. Yeah, so and what I'm a little bit um, unclear on is I don't really know mm-hmm. how the law works here um, in, mm-hmm. in Victoria regarding these kinds of, um, you know, building projects. But hasn't there been an environmental assessment done? Is there other laws around in Victoria no. around protecting our marine life in this kind of context?
3: No, they've, they've done no environmental assessment at all. They 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 contracted a marine engineer, who actually didn't even know that there was a marine trail under the pier. Oh, Um, and he claimed that there would be no impact, environmental impact. So. They paid an extraordinary amount of money to have him say that. I mean, I don't mean as a bribe. I just mean as a mm. <laughs> as a as a fee. Yeah. Um, so no, there's 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 none of that. They claim because it's clean sand. I mean, the report they're relying on dates back to two thousand and four. So that would have been pre the Port Phillip Bay big dredging project. Right. So who knows? You know, who knows what what is sort of there, and, and it's, as though, it's as though they've just closed their ears to any other users of the, of the foreshore. Right. So,
0: if, if the marine engineers don't know what's under Rye Pier, um, yep. but the divers do, um, yep. uh, how would you solve that problem? Because it sounds to me that there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of, you know, people just don't really know what's under there un- unless they actually go there and use the area.
3: That's that's true, but i but I think in terms of bureaucracy, it's a, it's a case of not wanting to know. Uh, and I mean, you know I don't know if I said this before, but one of the things that came out of vcat was describing Rye as um, a major release valve for Melbourne and and that the boat and jet ski facility was part of that. Right. so so it's it's because, Divers don't pay, kayakers don't pay. Um, it's it's to do with dollars, and and I mean at the end of the day, to to use the boat ramp and the car park is one hundred and twenty dollars a year. So it's not big money. Yeah, not big money at all. And that's meant to pay for the dredging of the shipping channel because the other the other side of Rye, and and I don't again, I'm hoping that. You know, people can correct me if I've interpreted this incorrectly, but but the coastal processes study that was done, Rye, Rye sort of is part of the great what they call the Great Sands. So by simply dredging a shipping, a, you know, boating channel there, it acts it acts like a magnet to to the sand, so it continually silts up. So you means, mean con- sorry, mm. just
0: to get this straight. So it, you mean mm. that if there would be works and they would be dredging a channel. More sand would come to rye than there is that's, now. Yeah, right.
3: that's that's what we believe because it, it it just creates this big hole, and in a storm the sand just falls into it.
0: You know,
1: yeah. it's,
3: it's 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 sort of basic physics in a way, isn't it? Mm. And uh, so, so I mean, historically the ramp the ramp was there because that's where people used to take their boats with their tractors. You know, they made a path. Yeah, and but it there were paths all along the coast as well, so it wasn't chosen. Because it was the best place to put a boat ramp. Right. It was just a factor of history. And and unfortunately when they when they reclaimed the land and then made it more formal, we've sort of lived with that legacy. So the ramp's nearly forty years old.
0: Yeah.
2: So does and, the ramp need upgrading I mean, Oh it does. Yeah. Yes. So yes. I guess the um, your issue isn't that it's being upgraded but that it's being expanded to areas which will then influence the marine life under that's it. Right. Is that, yeah. that's, that's exactly right. Simon. And it's exactly a $1.2 right. million dollar project as well, so it's quite a big expansion and upgrade yes. to the pier. And, and if it does make things safer, then that's for bodies as well. I mean, that's probably well, not a bad thing, well, but I guess then the impacts of an expansion and... Potentially more traffic and more boats and more jet skis and more users in the area is where, I guess, the more uh, broader impacts will kind of come along with that expansion.
3: Well, the the, the safety issues are perfect. There are no recorded incidents
2: of safety issues in the marine
3: database of ride being unsafe. This is anecdotal evidence. What what happens is. Because of the surface of the ramp, it builds up with algae. So, so boaties can slip. Mm-hmm. But that is also a maintenance issue with the Shire. Okay. Boaties can ground their boats because the channel hasn't been dredged. Mm-hmm. That's a maintenance issue with the Shire. I mean, we we would be quite happy for it to be upgraded with the current three ramps. The mooring jetty to be expanded, the current mooring jetty, even replaced... Because that's all takes it away from the pier. Yeah,
0: yeah. But
3: once they start building on the side of the pier, including a new mooring jetty, and if they want to make it a regional boating facility, which is what they're determined to do, that means a bigger bowl because they want much larger boats to come. Right, okay. So So... So again, you're getting closer and closer and closer yeah.
2: to, the, to the pier, um, and bringing threats closer and cl- cro- yeah. closer as well. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't make sense
3: because we did we did sort of studies on on demand, and yes, on a couple of days a year, maybe five. We've estimated, and we've now got evidence that that is probably true. Some people have to wait, but it's not excessive. I mean, we have to wait at Woolworths. We have to wait in line, in traffic, if anyone's coming down here, you know, waiting at that time of year on oh, um, yes, days that, uh, is, is big no big ro- deal. That big
0: road going into Rye where you <laughs> go into the back with your car and trying to get to, right. to Rye yeah. to, uh, to do a dive, yes, yeah. there's a lot of... So, so,
3: so it's not, you know, I mean, it's, you just accept that this is... You either don't go out or you accept that this is what you're going to have to go through. So, <laughs> so it's all... You know, I mean, the Shire applied for uh, a grant... Uh, when a consultation period was on, and they should never have applied for it. and I think a lot of it stems back to the fact that they don't want to give up this money. so so they will do what they can to to keep it to keep it going. but but to me the the marine life and to others, protecting that marine life is is just the most important, the most important thing of all. So how and protecting does it, the amenity.
0: W- what What happens now? so you're you're waiting for vcat to um to get back to you. With their findings and yes, uh, yes. but that could what be What's happening in
3: that, the meantime? Well, that could be six weeks away. Well, I, 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 don't think we we can wait, and and I think that that the minister for environment needs to be lobbied. I think that that a lot of this now needs to come out uh, in terms of the way that the shire has handled all this.
1: Yeah,
3: and and I think if anyone if anyone wants to help. Um, just by writing to the minister or if they want to contact contact me via email, um, that would be just fantastic because the more people that speak up, the more influence, hopefully, we have outside of council because many, many people spoke up. Uh, I mean, there were 175 objections to the proposal that went to council. Um, they they recruited some boaties after the event uh, and they managed to get four supporting it. Yeah. And it, it just, it's just one of those instances where the, sh- where the Shire, who should be supporting the ratepayers, is acting like a big-time developer. Yeah, right. You know, that's, that's the role they put themselves into.
0: So but, but, I, I heard, Michelle, as well, sorry to interrupt, but I heard as well that there is some community action going on at the moment um, in the dive community regarding Rai Pia and around this.
3: Sorry, in the?
0: In the dive community?
3: Yes, yes. Yes, no, the, the dive community, I think, has realised what they're, what they're going to lose. And... They're hoping next Saturday, because this is all part of us gathering information, next Saturday at 10 o'clock, and everyone's welcome, is where we're going to do an actual census of what's under the pier so that we've got actual hard evidence of, and we can use it as as what I'd call baseline data mm-hmm. that we can then build on. So we've also got something quite tangible to fight, to fight with. And the divers like... Dave Baxter and, and Josie Jones and P.T. Hirschfield have just been fantastic, you know, just really
0: fantastic. Yeah, they're quite uh, strong and active community members when it comes That's to right. um, protected marine life, which is really great. Yes. Um, so this uh, this uh, species survey, that that sounds really interesting. Has, has anything like that ever been done before?
3: As, as far as we know, from, no, it doesn't seem it has. So so it... it um, it, it's really going to be quite interesting because we're hoping that Parks Vic might take it on board and and that they start to sort of have database. I mean it can be done through citizen science. I mean not just Rye Pier. There may be other piers where this can happen too that also have well, you know, marine life treasures. But for Rye it'll be both it'll be both the the sort of flora and the fauna if you like, sort yeah. of the marine flora and fauna. And and the first the first sort of census will be a bit, I think what you'd call a blitz census. So everything will sort of be covered so we can sort, see what's there. And then hopefully another one might be done in winter or even a night dive. Yeah. So that we're, we're looking at that whole sort of cross-section with seasons.
0: and, and Yeah, because many of the species mm-hmm. uh, under the piers or species of marine life in general um, do have these seasonal patterns where they move around Port Phillip Bay, the spider crabs, for example, yes. um, several yep. different species of fish, because I know mm-hmm. that it really depends on what time of year you're in there. What you see, basically, you know, some species Mm. of fish you don't see all year until it's winter, and uh, yeah, it's really quite interesting how how the seasonality um, really you know depends what you see. It's really it's quite an amazing thing to see, and very nice because you know it doesn't matter Mm. what time of year you dive into uh, into the water to go under pier There's always something new to see,
3: and that's 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 why it's such a treasure, isn't it? So yeah, you, because people don't don't have to sort of go for for sort of meters just looking at white sand or maybe yeah. a bit of a bit of but <clears throat> but this way, yes, they they just they get to see a whole whole range of, of marine life
2: and the right. and dolphin, right? Oh, <clears throat> yes. That kind of frequents that part of the bay yes. too. Well, the base. and the mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. southern smooth rays don't forget yes. those huge no, they they're
3: gorgeous are so gorgeous beautiful. gorgeous yes I've swum with them they just they're
0: just lovely yeah oh. they're just beautiful. So with this uh, this is a really good example I think of how citizen science can actually help communities. Um, doing, you know, putting in this kind of effort to protect their local patch. Um, right. So, mm-hmm. would this, if if you guys are, are doing this and executing mm-hmm. the citizen science blitz, do you think it would be transferable to other places like Portsea and Sorrento oh, and I'm Blair sure Gary, all those it other is, places where um, there's
3: Piers Flinders, maybe? Yes, I'm sure it absolutely would because I think I think the the methodology will be fairly simple, so it's not won't be a sort of complicated methodology and and i think it will also help people particularly the divers participating in it to to learn i mean apart from the really really experienced ones who who know all the species but i think they will also get a lot out of it themselves because they will learn the names and and the different different sort of varieties of of species that are there and probably particularly the the um the flora the marine flora because you, you tend to think, oh, yes, that's a sponge and that's a bit of seaweed. But, but I mean, with the seahorses, and as you know, we've got so many varieties of seahorses there that they evidently prefer, a bit like koala bears, you know, they prefer a particular type of seaweed.
1: Hmm.
3: So it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's an, it's an education tool in, in, in the best sense that you're learning as you're doing yeah, yeah,
0: totally, and I think that's, that's one of the strengths of citizen science as well, where, where people get that greater awareness of, of the places that they love and the places they care for, and that in turn inspires more care and more stewardship uh, of, of their local patch. Um, I find for myself, I, I find getting more knowledgeable about the places where I live and the places that I visit really creates a bond um, to this place. Yes, so this this right. sounds like a, an amazing opportunity mm. for people to get more involved.
3: I mean, it's like that that lovely video of if anyone saw it of, of PT Hirschfeld with the uh, what I call a toadfish. Um, you know, where this this gorgeous sort of fish is swimming along with these big eyes and just exploring around PT's sort of mask, and and people tend to think of the of the. The toadfish is a bit of a pest, or not very attractive when you see them washed up. But yeah. having seen this video, I just thought, oh, but it's so cute. <laughs> yeah, they
0: are quite cute. <laughs> those big eyes.
3: They're so cute.
0: Yeah, those big googly eyes. How could you resist?
3: Exactly. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I right. think I,
3: I think that's part of it. I think you know, it's really the education side of it is
2: really part of it. And it also allows, I guess, the science community to have. A lot of more, a lot more data and information to see changes over time and see how That's things, right. such as developments like what we've been talking about today, do yes. impact or can impact or might impact similar areas under a similar type of um, proposal as well around the bay. Yeah, if That's, we can collect data like this yes. on an ongoing basis. Yeah,
3: and I mean Josie, Josie Jones has been, you know, monitoring those gorgeous seahorses under there too and and i mean from what i gather there's everything from juveniles to adults and i'm sure she's got names for half of them <laughs> yes definitely
0: <laughs> yeah um for the, the the listeners if you're interested in seeing some mm. really beautiful photos of the marine life under right including lots mm. of seahorses you can follow follow josie jones on instagram as mm. well because she's quite a keen photographer Um, So if you're not the type of person that uh, likes to get in there themselves, and you can still enjoy what is under Rye Pier. That's that's right. All right, Michelle. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Just to remind people, uh, if they want to get involved with the divers, um, Mm -hmm. when uh, is the Blitz taking place again?
3: It will be 10 o'clock at Rye Pier next Saturday.
0: Next Saturday, 10 o'clock right here at the car park. Yes. And will yes. it be very obvious uh, where you guys will be? Yes. Okay, that's great. And if, if anyone has any questions, Michelle, um, can they email you or find some
3: information somewhere? Yes, they can. They, they can just email me at MA Cheers as in three Cheers CH
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> at Gmail.
0: Awesome. So that is M-E-Cheers at Gmail.com? M-M-A. Oh, sorry. A for M. We will put your email address on our Out of the Blue Facebook page, Michelle, if that's Mm -hmm. okay, so people can find it after the show as well. Mm -hmm. And we'd like to thank you for speaking with us this morning and good luck with this uh, amazing community action. I hope that um, everybody can find um a good solution to this problem yes, both the yes. community and the council that's right uh, that's that's exactly
3: right but thank, thank you for giving me the opportunity to
2: pleasure thanks michelle mm. Bye bye
1: communities of sound is a 3cr curated lineup of summer afternoon performances showcasing treaty creative women and diverse cultures Join us at the Fairfield Amphitheatre on Sunday, February 18th between 5 and 7.30pm to enjoy live performances from Kucha Edwards, Tando, the West Papuan Band, Sweet Dreams, Manisha Anjali, June Jones and Danny Sib. Pack a picnic to share with friends and family or grab a tasty bite and bevy from the 3CR food store. That's Sunday, 18th of February, 5 till 7.30 p.m. at the Fairfield Amphitheatre. For further details, call 9419 8377 or check out our website at 3cr.org.au. Presented as part of the City of Yarra's Fairfield in Feb series alongside Play On and Melbourne Ukulele Collective. What? The City of Yarra is a proud sponsor of 3CR.
2: We're finishing up today's show with an article from the Batuta Advocate, which came out this morning, that says new research indicates that it's impossible to regret regret a swim. A damning report into the town's public swimming pool has concluded that nobody has ever regretted a swim in the old city district's institution's 75-year history. The Shire Council spent close to $40 at Officeworks printing off a short questionnaire that asked pool goers if they'd ever seen, ever been for a swim and lived to regret the decision. Not a, res- not a single respondent said they did. <laughs> Brilliant. <That> pool, <laughs> the full story um, from the Batuta Advocate, which is, of course, a satirical online newspaper, um, has been posted on our Out of the Blue Facebook page this morning. So... have a read of that full article before you jump in the water this afternoon.
3: I've just got a quick announcement as well. Melbourne Girls College, um, who has a teacher, Andrew Vance, who's a former presenter on Out of the Blue. Andrew. Is having their annual pedal-powered cinema, also human-powered, where they hook up a bunch of stationary bikes uh, to power a showing of a movie. And so this year it'll be on February the 23rd, and they're showing Hidden Figures, it's $15 for adults and $10 concession. And you can get tickets by going to mgc.vic.edu.au forward
1: slash Pedal Cinema.
2: Cool. And one last shout out before we finish. Hi there to long time Presenter also and panelist Jackie Pocklington who hey, Jackie. is listening in today and has just <laughs> arrived back in Australia from being an amazing marine biologist in the UK for a number of years. So welcome back. We'll have to get you back on, Jackie. Um, thank you for listening to Out of the Blue. You're tuned to eight five five AM three CR. And up next is Sally with Out of the Pan. Thanks for listening.